Hello, welcome and kumusta. Thank you for uh, tuning in to this podcast. This time we will be talking about disturbances of speech. And uh, this is going to be straightforward. There's only two uh, sections on this one with some of the terminologies that you can be using for your daily practice. So speech is, an, uh, these are ideas, thoughts, feelings as expressed through language. It is a communication through the use of words and language. That is speech, words and language. So let's talk about some of the terminologies in the disturbances of speech. So you have the pressure of speech. It's rapid speech that is increased in the amount and it is quite difficult to interrupt. So that is, you can describe a pressure of speech in that respect, uh, the type of symptom that can be described by the pressure of speech. It means it's just fast. The volubility or logoria, it means it's copious, coherent, and logical speech. Yeah. Poverty of speech is the restriction in the amount of speech that is used, and the replies are monosyllabic, monosyllabic. So when a person is responding to you when they are recovering from surgery, for example, and they just respond in a whisper, and the poverty, so there is, you can say that there is poverty of speech. Non-spontaneous speech are verbal responses that are given only when asked or spoken to directly. And there is no self-initiation of speech. So you can describe patients during the recovery phase. Their speech could be non-spontaneous with poverty as well. So poverty of the content of speech is speech that is adequate in the amount but conveys very little information because of the vagueness, the emptiness, and the stereotyped phrases. Oh, that's very interesting, isn't it? You attend some group meetings and you would hear a lot of these things. So there's poverty on the content of speech. Okay, lots of people who are very good, uh, healthcare politicians are very good at this. You have dysprosody, it's loss of normal speech melody, and it's also called prosody. So speech melody is prosody. This prosody is the lack of uh, the, the melody of the speech. Dysarthria is a difficulty in articulation, not in word finding or in grammar, but it's more of the articulation. So it's a slurring of speech. Okay. The excessive loud or soft speech, here there is loss of modulation of the normal speech volume and it may affect a variety of pathological, pathological conditions that ranges from psychosis to depression or even to deafness. Okay. Stuttering is uh, it's a frequent repetition or prolongation of a sound or a syllable leading to markedly impaired speech fluency. Cluttering is erratic and dysrhythmic speech consisting of rapid and jerky spurts. Okay, that's interesting. I've recently had a patient who appears to have this cluttering symptom and he was saying to himself, it feels like I am, I've got Tourette's. That's what he was saying, but there is this rhythmic, but there's rapid and jerky spurts to that. Okay. 
So that's the disturbance of speech. The next thing would be aphasic disturbances. And by definition, these are the disturbance in language output. So the first one is speech and the output of speech. So you can have prosody, the volume, the rate. Yeah, that's the speech itself. But this time around, what is being spoken? You know, the content or the language. So these are aphasic disturbances. So you can have motor aphasia. Okay, this is a disturbance of speech that is caused by cognitive disorder in which understanding remains, but the person's ability to speak is grossly impaired. So the speech is halting, laborious, and inaccurate. It's usually known, also known as Broca's aphasia or non-fluent aphasia or expressive aphasia. Okay. Sensory aphasia, on the other hand, is an organic loss of a person's ability to understand or comprehend the meaning of words. Here, the speech may be fluid and spontaneous, but it is incoherent and nonsensical. This is also known as Wernicke's aphasia or fluent aphasia or receptive aphasia. Another one is a, a, when a person has difficulty in word and finding the correct name for an object, uh, which is this is called anomia or amnes, amnest, amnestic aphasia or anominal aphasia. So, nominal aphasia, anomia, amnestic aphasia, these are three synonymous terminologies. Syntactical aphasia is uh, the person has inability to arrange words in a proper sequence. Syntactical aphasia. The other one is uh, a, a jargon aphasia where the words produced are totally neologistic, meaning there's new words. It's jargon, new words. Nonsense words repeated with various intonations and inflections. And last of the aphasic disturbances is global aphasia. Here, there is a combination of a grossly non-fluent aphasia and it has a severe fluent aphasia. So when the person has receptive aphasia and expressive aphasia, that means it's global. So communication is really impaired. There you go, guys. Signs and symptoms in uh, relation to speech and speech disturbances. It's much shorter than the other ones. Um, thank you for tuning in and for paying attention. I hope you have learned a few terminologies that you can use in your practice. Until next time, bye!